Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the most unofficial Star Wars podcast in the universe. My name is Tommy. I'm not joined by Jacob and Jackson today. Um, and we are actually, this is the first episode in our new kind of mini series we're doing. Uh, we're going to call it Have a Chat, as Boba Fett says in The Mandalorian. And uh, our first guest that we have on this show today, very special guest, um, goes by the name Palpa Memes on screen. So uh, Palpa Memes, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah. So like you said, my name is Palpa Memes. People call me Palpy. I run a YouTube channel. It's just called Palpa Memes Star Wars. And so obviously a Star Wars YouTube channel. Uh, I do lots of breakdowns, really analyzations, mostly of mostly of the sequels, but also of other content. So my, my channel is mainly based around the sequel trilogy because I personally really love it. And I know there's a lot of controversy around it. So I thought there's not many of them. Might as well get my two cents on them and kind of hopefully give a different point of view to uh, people who might hate the films. And, and that's happened. A lot of people have changed their minds and stuff from watching some of my analysis and stuff. And that's always cool. But of course my subscribers and stuff, also sequel fans, and it's a really great community that's been built up. And so that's kind of me. I'm also a race simp. So that's what I do. Right. And that's the most important detail, right? <laughs> right. Right. That ending. Yep. Um, so this is actually the second time that we've spoken uh, over this chat here. Um, the last time we recorded, it was the same day that um, we recorded our, our main episode for the week. And um, we had some technical difficulties. We had some issues with some files corrupting. So we had to have kind of a last minute reschedule here, um, which is why Jacob and Jackson aren't here today. But um, I'm here and I'm going to kind of carry us along as we go. So um, first, uh, first topic that we want to get into is, um, so I've been following you for, I want to say two years now, um, probably since like 20. 18 i want to say when battlefront 2 was starting to pick back up again that's when my channel started to gain growth yeah right yeah. I, right at the i right as the second year of the game because i made a video that blew up in popularity to, yeah at the at the time it was good yeah yeah so we um so actually you were um a battlefront channel first before you started yes. doing like just general star wars news so yeah, basically Battlefront was, it's my favorite game. I, I think it's the best Star Wars game made in terms of a multiplayer, large scale game. I think best story mode game is Fallen Order, um, but wide scale game by far Battlefront 2. I think it takes all the great stuff about the original Battlefront games and then makes them better. For the most part, there's plenty of things I've changed, but I love that game and I had a lot to say about it. And I was, I want to say 18 when I started the channel because... I had been following all these YouTubers and stuff. That I was like, I have, a lot, I have a lot of thoughts as well. And so I decided to pick up a really cheap microphone and I made horrible videos. But there's, a there's kind of a speciality to that, you know, going back and seeing how, how horrible, you're, like objectively horrible your videos were making. But there's a spark to that. I, I quite liked it. Um, and so to my surprise, my channel actually kind of gained decent traction. And um, I ended up being a decent, I'd say, influence on what content came to the game. And that was... That was the most shocking part to me because I never expected that. And then Ben Walk um, told me that the developers actually quite frequently watch my videos and take inspiration and ideas from them. And I was like, what? Are you serious? And so that's that, it kind of went from there. And then it's funny, like right as I started gaining actually like a lot of views and stuff, like like some videos would hit 40,000 views and stuff to me. I was like, oh my gosh, that's insane. I didn't know how to deal with it. I was like, I, I, my content's not that good. Um, it, it's a shame because right as that happened, then the game unfortunately ended in support and that was, that hurt, you know, it was like this dream and stuff that hurt real bad. Um, but as time went on, I'm like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I have to move on. So I'm obviously, I've been a Star Wars fan since, I mean, since I could think, since I can remember, you know, 
my past memories, it's Star Wars. And so I had obviously have so much to say about them. And uh, like I said earlier, I, I really do love the sequels. I think they have a lot of deep meanings and arcs in them and, and a lot of deep story elements and themes that get looked over quite frequently from, hey, people just think they're horrible cash grabs and stuff. And I don't see them at all in that way. And so I moved on. I said, fine, let's create a new channel. And, you know, we're at 1,200 subscribers right now. Um, and the community is just very great. I mean, my community on Discord, on here, on Twitter, it's just it's full of great fans. And so that's kind of what I'm doing now is just explaining why I love these movies. And that's how it's going. That's awesome. Yeah, with Battlefront 2, I, I remember so vividly the day last, like it must have been late spring, early summer, when they announced with the Scarif update that the game yeah. was ending support. And mm -hmm. I remember I, I read the patch notes or whatever it was, the big blog post they sent out. I think I really sat there because um, I think I'd just gone for a run that day or something. And I was all excited about reading the blog post. And I sat there for probably 45 minutes just texting all my friends, like going back and forth, just like, oh my gosh, yeah. this was the most unexpected thing yeah. to happen to this game because it was really at its peak when they ended support. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it was blowing up. The fact that my channel was my small channel, right? It was getting this many views. It was blowing up. Um, I will always, I will, I don't think I'll ever forget that day. It was such a weird day because mm -hmm. it was right when COVID hits so the place I, I worked at a gym at the time. Um, and so we were forced to shut down, you know, cause of COVID. And so instead of whining about that, we're like, okay, let's, let's take this time to build up the place and make it better. Anyways, that's not the point of the story. Point of it was we we're doing a lot of labor work and stuff. So I obviously had no chance to be on my phone. And I just remember we were finally going on lunch break. It's probably one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and I just had these messages, all these messages from people. And I was like, because from the morning, I had a bad feeling. You know, sometimes something tragic happens, oh, yeah. you have a bad feeling. Oh, yeah. From the morning, I was like, something doesn't feel right. And then I got those messages. And I'm like, oh, no, you got to be kidding me. And it's kind, of, it's kind of ironic because like a couple of weeks ago, before that happened, I had made a video. Because again, from this feeling, I said, I made a video talking about, I think Battlefront's going to end soon. And I was just tinfoil hat hatting it, conspiracy theory on tweets by devs and stuff. And so I kind of yeah, right. I, I hated that I made that video because everyone's like, oh, you're just being negative. Um, but it was also like kind of a, kind of a bittersweet moment because Ben had reached out to me. And this is also a thing I always remember. And because, you know, I'm like huge race up and stuff. That was also a thing in that community. It was funny. He said he, every time he saw them creating that Ray Skywalker skin, uh, freaking love that skin, by the way, he said, he'd always think of me. He's like, Oh, Papa Moon's going to love this. And that, so like that wording, I was like, okay, this is, this is, this was nice, but yeah, it was heartbreaking. Um, it was just a shame. Not just because my channel started to really gain in views, but because it was the end of this whole phenomenon. I mean, the game started out horribly and the developers put all this passion and work into it. This team of developers who were clearly understaffed, they still were able to make this, in my opinion, the best Star Wars game ever. And so it was just so disappointing. Um, and now we've seen what two years has gone by. We've gotten a, a smaller scale game squadrons that came and gone. Yep. I mean, I guess we got Fallen Order after that, which was obviously a great game, but it's been silent. And then the news that broke out the other day, I mean, shoot, what's going on, EA? What's going on, Lucasfilm Games? I mean, it's a shame, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I, it was with that whole EA thing. Um, and like you said, the bittersweet ending. I, I mm -hmm. was really glad that the game got to be at the state it was when it ended, rather than be like a short support. Like you saw Jedi Fallen Order was pretty much done after six it months. came and gone. Yeah, yeah I, I'd say like three months. Mm -hmm. Honestly, yeah. I mean, 
still a great game, but it's a story mm-hmm. game, right? It's not gonna, it's not gonna have a continuous player base because you play the game, you, you're done, uh, which is fine. I like those games. I mean, it's uh, that's the other thing about Battlefront too, though, was how involved with the community the dev team was. I think yes. that's what gravitated me toward that game so so much because I have I play on Xbox and mm-hmm. I have 93 days played on that game which is like wow. I tell that to my friends that's and that's like over like 2400 hours or something like that and it's just because every yeah. night like whether I had school or work or whatever I would just come home and I would play Battlefront for a couple hours and it was because the devs were so involved well you saw the you saw that passion and love through what gets put in the game I mean these guys are Star Wars fans, like at peak Star Wars fans, and you saw that. And it's just that's that's my issue with EA, where I have a very, I have a negative connotation towards them and kind of an itch against them because it's like, you guys had this amazing team of passionate, loving developers who, from what I know, a lot of them worked overtime, just on their own. Um, I know, I think it was CJ. It was CJ uh, Christian Johnson, and he worked a lot of overtime from from like things I've seen worked like a lot of overtime to get these Republic commandos the way they should be. Oh yeah. And the fact that they're doing that in the first place, it's like, these guys love star Wars and EA, what are you freaking doing? I understand mm-hmm. they want to put all their men on, on all the big boat of the battlefield. I get that. Um, but if you're continuously, if you're keeping them there and you're not putting these guys back on a battlefront three, which I think the battlefront three is the best move they can make at this point. I, I will lose all hope and trust in them with the star Wars IP. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you look at every single post that EA Star Wars or EA makes, you've got people just swarming the comments. BF3, Battlefront 2, Battlefront 3, like what's going on with that franchise. And Mm -hmm. so it makes me hopeful, I guess, that at Star Wars Celebration, when EA does announce more Star Wars games, they'll at least do a title drop for a Battlefront 3. At the very least. Yeah, I can't see it not happening. They said in that tweet, come celebrate with us, you know, clearly heading towards Celebration 2022, which I'm hoping to go. I really hope I can be able to go there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> way, I'm, oh, trying, yeah. my, I'm trying really hard. Um, but I can't see them not. I mean, this is like, this is literally, the, they have, they have a, a literal gold mine sitting in front of them. If they don't take advantage of it, I'm, I'm, I'll just laugh. I'll be honest. I probably won't even be upset. I mean, I would, but I just laugh. You, I mean, look, I look at Star Wars. It's the biggest IP ever to ever exist, like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you have so, I mean, literally, literally, you just have half a dev team working on continuous skins and then you just make them, they cost $2 a skin. Don't do any of that stupid credit token crap. Just make them like two, three bucks a skin, you know? Yep. Have a set amount. Uh, I mean, have like every up, update every month, have three skins, maybe four. You know how much money they'd make from that if the game, oh, the ground game? It'd I mean, be, oh my you, would, you can make the game free, honestly. This could be a, like, Fortnite type or whatever those Apex Legends game mm-hmm. um, where you could have so much money being brought in based on the skins that you could have so much money being put into de- the dev team that keeps the game as alive as it, as it should be. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is huge. Star Wars, the whole war aspect is enormous, and there's so much you can do. That's just like, if you don't, then it's, it's really dumb on them. It just, yeah, it blows my mind, but I, I really am hopeful, especially now that EA doesn't have that exclusivity over the Star mm-hmm. Wars IP anymore. Now we've got like Ubisoft's open world game. We've got Bethesda making a game. Right. You know, we've got a lot of different companies that have a lot of different unique takes on on Star Wars that they can use, not just based on their past products, but if they right. want to try something completely new. 
this is a good opportunity for these companies. Absolutely. And the best part about that is EA actually has competition now. Mm-hmm. You look at any company that has the sole rights to, to a gaming franchise, whether it be the NBA games, the Madden games, they don't need to put much work. I mean, obviously the developers do. I don't mean to say it in that way. But with the NBA games, they're virtually – I used to be a huge 2K player, huge. Since, 20, since 2K16, they've virtually been the exact same game with a little bit of differences – and they sell out like hotcakes. But now with the Star Wars franchise being open to different IPs, EA is going to have to put, they're going to have to put more money into these games and they're going to have to spend more time and resources. So I love that. I'm hopeful. I, I'm giving them a chance. I'm like, okay, you guys have the opportunity to do something great here. Just do it. Uh, so that's how I'm at with that. Right. And I think that COVID too um, kind of put gaming in a different realm now because mm-hmm. back before COVID, a game getting pushed back was a terrible thing. Like that was like telling people this game's going to be terrible. But now yeah. with COVID, uh, pretty much every big release has been pushed back or it's been like cut up, you know, whether it be like Minecraft's latest big update um, or, you know, um, or Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Oh, gosh. Back. You know, <laughs> Is that game even a thing anymore? <laughs> yeah. But like, it just goes to show now that, you know, it's giving the, the dev team more time to finish the product. And we saw that with Battlefront 2, you know, that it, it right. was rushed and then it wasn't ready at release. It wasn't a finished game. Mm-hmm. It gives, there's a sweet spot to that. Yeah, it's like, well, maybe these developers can spend more time and effort on this. Um, and, you know, it's obvious that COVID was the reason why Battlefront shut down because it wasn't the only game that was shut down by, by EA. Um, or ended, I should say. So it's just an, it's just unfortunate situation overall. Uh, but my my biggest issue is they haven't nothing's come from it. Like they didn't mm-hmm. take the, this. Seems like they're they're not doing anything. And I could be wrong. Celebration. They say, hey, we have four games in the works, and these have been in the works. And good on you guys. You have a bunch of different dev teams. Uh, but it seems like they just don't have a structured plan. Where I think they might be going a loop. Or like crap, because you know Disney Lucasfilm. They very clearly took that that's exclusivity away from them. And there's a very good reason why um, I didn't think it should have ever happened in the first place, but right. But hopefully with all this, hopefully three years from now, we'll be like, man, we're onto a good state and star Wars games is full and alive. That's, that's what we can take away from it. I think that's all I ask for is yeah. just, I just want yeah. fun star Wars games to play, you know, just when I want I two, two year, out. you know, you have all these developers. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, you know, um, I feel like, Aside from the gaming aspect, let's talk more about what your channel does now. Um, so you are a big sequel fan. Um, I myself am a big fan of the sequels too. I'm very partial to them. Um, but, uh, you know, what is your relationship with the sequels? Did you always like them? Did you, were you kind of iffy on them when they came out? Or has your opinion changed and grown over the time that they've been out? Because you've been able to, or we've all been able to marinate them over now for as right. a complete trilogy for a couple years. Oh yeah, I've, I've honestly, I'm not making this up. I've always genuinely liked them, um, and it's it came from a really like to really really love. The only one that was kind of back and forth with me was Last Jedi, which obviously makes sense. It's a film that you can't just see once and it's set and done because there's so much deep meaning to that. That it's something you need to anal- you need to analyze the film. You need to, to really think about it. And I love that. It's a different take on Star Wars. It, it, it's it's unique. Uh, not only is it partial to basically what George Lucas's sequel trilogy drafts that he sent into Lucasfilm were. Um, but it's, it's probably the most, uh, probably the most deep immature star Wars film 
I'd say since maybe Empire Strikes Back, maybe even more, maybe even more, uh, just because of that psychological growth that Luke goes through. I mean, it's something that actual, not random YouTubers who, actual psychologists have dove into this. And they said, no, this is exactly what, what could happen to a person. And I love that. I love that it's not just, look, it would have been fine. I would have been fine if the sequels were, oh, Ray finds Luke, Luke trains her, Luke's this wise Jedi. He's been on Ock 2 to to get grow more powerful in the force. I would have been fine with that, but I could have written that, you know, that's something I, I would have written. Um, and it's not to say that the fact that it subverted my expectations, that doesn't make it good or bad. It's how it's done. It's what the story is about. Yes. It subverted my expectations. That doesn't inherently make it good or bad. Same thing. If, if something's exactly the way I expected, it doesn't make it good or bad inherently. Um, but it's Luke's arc. Uh, that was the most, kind of controversial and back and forth on me and after seeing the movie three maybe four times i was like no this is this is right this is exactly what i wanted because at the end of the day i mean look at these two pictures it's the most inspiring thing luke grew up luke fell uh luke rose and after return of the jedi um and then between that he fell to his lowest point and we see him at his lowest point and eight which is obviously very shocking to your viewers he's my favorite character in star wars um, but we then see him rise to his highest point. So that message that Ryan was sending out that doesn't matter how high you can go, you can still fall. doesn't matter how hard you fall. You can still go back even higher. You can use, you know, greatest teacher is failure. That's one of the best scenes ever. Cause it's like, that's exactly it. Um, and it's something that I think every normal human can take away from that. And that's why I'm shocked that people still haven't grown to at the very least appreciated that Luke went through a genuine arc i mean he went through a genuine realistic and human arc while still having that star wars aspect to it um but it's just so like when you're asking me what's changed definitely my views on the last jedi um the Kel canto by arc with finn and rose is my least favorite part of the sequels by far i don't like it i i i get where ryan was going for it but i just didn't i didn't i appreciate it i just didn't like it okay I just, it didn't work for me essentially and it didn't work for a lot of people but what the film did with Ray, Kylo, and and and, um, and Luke, it it kind of kind of takes over all that that bad in it. You know, it kind of I mean, seeing Luke on crate, I mean, just the, the that wide shot of all the First Order uh, ATATs or whatever they're called now, uh, MT. They're called M six. M six, yeah. Um, I just let when the one slams leg on the ground. I remember in the theater, I was like, "What's gonna happen?" And then he's just like. I mean, I was done. I was dying. I was like, okay, that's Luke. That is Luke Skywalker. Um, so seeing him grow to that point and, and where this picture is shown where he wasn't even there, he was using all of his force energy. I mean, this is the most, one of the most powerful force abilities we've ever seen on screen in live action. You know, it's not old Republic where a guy's eating a planet, you know, but in live action, it's the most powerful thing we've seen. And it's so powerful that it, it, he ended up giving his life up to the force. And that's the best ending you could have given Luke Skywalker. I, I can't think of it being any, anything else any better so it's that's the one thing that changed for me yeah i mean i'm definitely a lot more on the same page with you um with the sequels but you know last time when we recorded i when i had jacob and jackson flanking right. either side of me when you talked about luke skywalker's arc and you know just falling and being able to get back up um jacob was talking about that for like it's <laughs> 30 minutes afterwards. That's he so was like, cool. Yeah. He was, cause he was, he's a guy, he doesn't like The Last Jedi. And again, that's yeah. completely fine. There's nothing if you don't wrong like with that at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so he, um, he was just going on and on about, dude, I've never thought about it that way. That just changes everything yeah. for me, you know, and it, right. it just goes to show 
because I was a lot like that too. You know, mm -hmm. I, when I watched The Last Jedi, I walked out of the theater and I was like, that was a really good movie. Um, and then I fell down the YouTube hole of, you know, those two plus oh, hour boy. video documentaries <laughs> about how The Last Jedi is objectively bad. And so, yeah. you know, I fall into that. And then after a while, I decided for whatever reason, I think it was after episode nine came out, um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back to The Last Jedi and I'm going to give it a second chance. And I banished all of the outside influences from my head and I watched the movie and I was like, oh, that's kind of strange because I actually didn't mind it this time. Right. And then I watched it again and again and again. And now it's my third favorite Star boom, Wars boom, boom, movie. Boom. Out of really? Everything. Third? Wow. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the only ones that top it are Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Those are my other two go. favorites. I respect that. I respect yeah. that. <laughs> so, yeah. That's... So, it's, it's, it's changed a lot. And I think that's... Yeah. Um, I think it just goes to show like your opinion can change over time. And mm -hmm. I, like you said, you either love the movie or you hate the movie. There's mm -hmm. really not an in-between. I've never met anyone who's in-between um, mm -hmm. very rarely. And it's not to say your opinion has to change. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, my opinions change. At first I liked the Canto bite sequence, right? So it's kind of funny. They flip. I like the yeah. Canto bite sequence. I'm like, man, they kind of, kind of threw away what force awakens set up for Finn, um, which is what I'm really respected. But I really respect that JJ, brought it back to a nice subtle way of jedi finn you know he's clearly force sensitive always has been um last jedi tossed it to the side which i i didn't appreciate and jj brought it back but uh yeah it's to be expected with the film star wars is a very basic concept right it's a very good versus evil right there's not there's typically not a lot of super deep in psychological themes and growth that we've seen right i mean you've got anakin falling to the dark side but that was and i love i love revenge of the sith but that was very straight to the point is i mean is very directly shown towards you whereas with luke and uh last jedi it's you have to think about this you have to look at what he's done here what he's done here what what caused him to do this and as i told um you know the other guys is look people always say luke tried to kill ben solo and no if luke tried to kill ben solo he would have killed ben solo luke is one of the most powerful jedi masters ever Right. Um, my favorite part is, is Mark Hamill's acting in that he ignites. And again, if, if for the viewers, I've made an entire, it's like a 20 minute, 23 minute long essay video, just going over Luke's arc. And it's one of my favorite videos ever made. Um, so if you want more information or more kind of analysis, just be sure and check that out. Cause you know, it'll probably explain it a lot better than I am now. Uh, but all you have to do, it's not directly told and it doesn't have to be. All you have to do is look at Mark's face. Um, if I had my saver, <laughs> he ignites it. Like literally, I think it's like one and a half seconds after he's, he's just staring at a saber. So people say he tried to kill Ben Solo. No, he did not. He reacted based on instinct. What's his first lesson he gets told and taught in A New Hope? You must act on instinct. The reason Luke did that is not because he hated Ben Solo or was a horrible person. It's because he loved his family so much that his instincts kicked in that whenever he saw these horrible visions – Again, they aren't shown to us, but it's very clear you hear them. And even says, I saw everything I ever grown and ever love and know be destroyed and killed. It, it reacted like that. You know, it's, it's a panic. And that's where I go back to the psychologists have dealt with that. They're like, yeah, if a person saw that, they would do the same thing, right? And the second he looks at it, he, he, his finger, it's a really small detail. His finger is shaking. And Ryan specifically, and Ryan and Mark specifically did it. His finger is shaking. His whole hand's like, it's like because he he had a panic attack, right? That that's a human trait. We all ha we all ha we have those, especially when you see such a horrid thing like that. Um, 
And my favorite line is, and all I saw were the eyes of a frightened boy whose master had failed him. Luke failed. And that's what I love. And Luke failed, and he hated himself so much for that that he failed, that he gave up on everything. He said this. It's not him leaving Leia to die. It's not that at all. It's him saying, these people, I can't be with them. They, they don't need me. I'm too raw. I'm too bad for them. I'm going to mess things up even more. Um, and so that's what I love about that is that deep meaning where, like, you have to think – you have to watch it many times. You're like – what would a person do? Why would he react that way? And you're like, that makes sense. If, if you have so much love and care for your family and you saw them all be killed, you know, on cold blood, you would react in a horrible way too. But Luke, I mean, yeah. And yeah, uh, that's just how it is. I don't remember. I mean, a couple things to parallel to that. I mean, isn't that so star Wars because isn't, you know, George Lucas is one of his famous lines that everyone memes is, Oh, you know, it's like poetry. It, it rhymes. And yeah. So, you know, yeah, you know, but it's true. When, yeah. And when Luke says that line, um, when he's telling Ray the story about he saw the, the eyes of a frightened boy, you know, that parallels to in episode three, when Obi-Wan is looking down on Anakin on Mustafar. and it's just, mm -hmm. that's the exact same look. And you see when Luke is igniting his lightsaber, he's got tears in his eyes because he he's is shaking. so afraid of what is going to happen. Um, and he doesn't even realize, and that's another theme of Star Wars, uh, you know, people see visions and they assume that that thing is going to happen. So they do everything in their power yeah. to divert that from happening. And then in trying too hard, they end up making that, that vision come true. And it's yeah. just, it's insane. And I love that they continue that in episode nine with Ray. I mean, Ray's biggest conflict, I, people always say she has no development. I don't think they were paying attention. Whether you can say it was good or bad, she very clearly has an arc. Um, her entire conflict is her past mm -hmm. i mean her entire conflict she very clearly even from the last jedi she very clearly comes from bad bloodline or a very dark past i mean luke decides to train her she goes straight to the darks rocks are cracking she's going straight to that hole she's going straight to the dark side and luke's like i'm not training you if i had messed up with ben solo i'm gonna mess up with you too um and so it's interesting it's 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 again another line that i love is when luke's talking to yoda and this is directly toward told to you he says i can't be what she needs me to be um and so there's so much growth from that point on whereas in the rise of skywalker ray kind of goes through a similar thing that luke does right i mean one of the best battles in star wars is that battle on kif burr there's so much going on with ray throughout the whole moment she she's out of her mind she just found out where she came from a palpatine the worst thing she could ever hear yet it's the thing she kind of wished for she always wished she came from something great. And the ironic part is she did come. It's a great thing, right? It doesn't mean good all the time. Um, it's the worst thing in that moment she could have heard. And it takes over her. The dark side takes over her. Like you said, the vision she sees, what she, the force literally shows her, what she will become if she goes down this pathway, which is ignoring all of Leia's teachings, ignoring what she, she was taught um, and grown up to be. And she tries to kill Kylo this whole way. And someone brought up a really good point. Kylo, in that moment where they're in, she's, she's in her grandfather's throne, first of all, which is a really, really cool detail. Um, just metaphorically, the door opens for her in The Force Awakens. The door opened for her when she grabbed the saber. Um, but she's trying to kill Kylo. Kylo's just dodging like, like Luke dodged Kylo in Last Jedi. You know, I found that, I found that really cool detail. Um, but in the end, Leia dies because, I mean, her two children basically are trying to kill each other. Um, and she gives all of her life force up to try and save Ben, her son. And in doing that, Ben drops the saber. She tries to kill him because, again, Ray's not in that right state of mind. But that put her in that state of mind like, it finally hit her. What am I doing? Um, and so a similar situation to Luke. Luke, what am I doing? He does this. He makes this horrible mistake. 
just like Ray, what am I doing? They run from it. Um, and the great thing is, is the whole point of the greatest teacher failure is very clearly continued on in Larry Skywalker. Luke uses his failures of him abandoning everything to help Ray, you know? And so just really great stuff. And, you know, it's, it's nice because um, one argument that I see um, with, you know, Luke's arc in the last Jedi too is because I'm a huge fan. I think that Luke is, is my favorite part of that movie. And um, oh, yeah. I think that, you know, people argue, you know, I say what's well, I, my, one of my favorite scenes in all of star Wars, like anything books, TV shows, anything is when Yoda talks to Luke in front of the burning tree mm-hmm. on Octu, and people will say, well, he's teaching him the same lesson as he did in episode five. And I, and then I reply with, well, that's different because at the time in episode five, Luke was, but the learner, you know, as Darth Vader says, I was about the learner. Yeah. Now I'm the master. So mm-hmm. now Luke, there's a difference between failing as a student and failing as a teacher. And, and there's, yeah, there's a lot there's more. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? So, you know, such a different stage of life because like mm-hmm. myself, um, at one of my jobs, I'm a manager. So I am helping these younger people um, because for a lot of these kids, we work with like kids who it's their first job. Um, right. So they'll be like mm-hmm. 15 and 16 years old. And, you know, it's when, when I slip up and, you know, I like, you know, um, do something wrong or I, I fail to be a good teacher in, in some instances, it's a different kind of disappointment than it mm-hmm. is when you're the student. Because when you're the student, you, you feel the disappointment, not just from yourself, but you worry that it's coming from your teacher. But when you're the teacher, when you do something wrong and you slip up, not only are you disappointing yourself, you run the risk of disappointing everyone who looks up to you in that exactly. environment. So that's exactly what happens to Luke. And I think that it's just so powerful in that way as well. Yeah. And that's bringing that up. It, you're going to disappoint everyone. That's what I really like about how he lied to Ray about the situation. He didn't want to disappoint Ray. He, he's like, Oh my gosh, girl, I can't. Too. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I didn't. I, I'm like, I, I mean, yeah, Kyle tried to kill me. Yeah. Um, and then when they're in that little cave area, Amazing. Oh my gosh, some of the best shots I've ever seen in a movie when they're in that cave, the, the orange sunset coming through. Oh, yeah. Um, and he can't even look at her when he's telling the story. Like, he's like, shoot, I have to tell her the truth. Um, so he kind of tells half the truth, right? Um, and then Ben tells him that. And then he tells the full truth whenever she knocks him down. <laughs> she, you know, they're having a little stick fight. And then she yeah, grabs right. a freaking lights. It's like, it's like being in a fist fight and you pull out a freaking 44. You know, it's like, whoa, you <laughs> can't do that. People are always like, how did Ray beat him in the fight? She, didn't Luke like was like beating her down with the stick and then she grabs a freaking lightsaber what are you gonna do about that uh but anyways yeah I, I really love that it's exactly right it's it's when you're the teacher there's a whole different there's a whole different outcome when you're a student you're there to learn and fail and learn from your failures so when you're when you're a teacher you're supposed to be that master at everything you're supposed to not mess up so it's exactly that and that's what it teaches us you know we can use these mistakes to to help essentially yes, and, and to move forward not just with our students but with ourselves right and, um, yeah. You know, I think it's good, too, because the audience that grew up with Luke Skywalker is at that same stage where a lot of those people now are in the teaching position. So I feel mm-hmm. like it's it's such a good parallel because, you know, when the kids who grew up with Luke Skywalker, they were the student. And now right. in a lot of instances, they are now in the teaching role. And mm-hmm. so whether it be parenting or in your job or whatever, those people are now in the position where they can relate to Luke once again. Um, and that's just, in my opinion, that's just awesome that it was, it was done that way. Right. And, and to back up on that statement, Ray is 
the new generation, Ray is those people who grew up on Star Wars. Ray Ray wants to be like Luke Skywalker. She's living on this nobody planet, just this desolate. Uh, she basically is a no lifer. She's worthless in the world, essentially. Um, but she's heard all these stories, and she wants to be that. And the greatest thing is, she ended up being that. Uh, so to kind of counter, not counter that, but kind of add on to that, yeah, Luke is now that. Ray is now this new thing. You know, it's who's growing up on the stories, and and there's just there's just a lot of elements to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, aside from this was a really good conversation. Yeah, I know. It went on a while. Natural conversation there. But one, one thing that I wanted to hit on here was, um, you know, we're talking about Ray and you had mentioned at the beginning that you're a Ray simp and, and all that. So you had actually put up a billboard. Um, was it in New York city, right? Times square. Yeah. Yeah. Times square in New York city. You had a billboard put up of, um, Ray Skywalker with the yellow lightsaber um, so yeah, elaborate on that a little bit. Cause that was what, a, a couple months ago. It was May, May the 4th yeah, it got, is when it we did it. It got quite a buzz online. People were it, pretty. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It got, it got put on like the saltier than crate subs too. People were, people were saying mean things no about kidding. me. I'm like, I'm, I just like, right. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So it started out, it literally started out as a joke where I said, this is back when I had like 200 subs. And I said, if we hit 1k, right? Big milestone. I said, I'll buy a freaking billboard in Times Square. Clearly joking, right? Clearly like I was joking, right? Um, and of course we hit 1k and I was like, and then everyone's like, so you're buying that billboard? And I was like, yeah, whatever. And then like, it just kind of escalated while I was like, no, I kind of want to do this. Cause like this ratio, I just, I think there's, it'd be, it'd be the most, it'd probably be the most unique Star Wars show. Uh, I, I'd honestly say Mandalorian's a good show, but it's a very basic simple show you know it's very easy to watch you don't need to know much other than what is in the show um and season two had a lot of fan service it's a very fun and easy show with, with ray's show you can have a lot of deep arcs and stuff going on not just you know she's accepted who she is right the skywalker she's she, her, her heritage isn't who she is who she is is who she is right it's kind of confusing words but um my thing would be so how does the galaxy react you know, how does the galaxy see that? Because she's obviously this great being. I mean, Janna, one of my favorite, I'm going to say this a lot, one of my favorite parts in Star Wars is when Janna, um, Janna says, they said that you're the last hope, you know? This is the, there's a very clear instinct, extinction that, that Ray is a very known person, much like Luke Skywalker, and she couldn't accept that. She's like, what? I'm just some person. Um, so that's what she goes beyond. The question is, how does the galaxy react to that? Maybe a huge word gets out. Oh my gosh, no, this person is is the granddaughter of the guy who destroyed everything. And so that right there, also Jedi Finn. I'd really like to see Rey attempt, attempt, I say attempt to cheat, teach Finn. And so we can see a lot of growth with that, her learning how to be a teacher. She's always taught herself her whole life because she's forced to, but how does she teach others? Um, and I think there, you know, you can have a lot of moments with the force ghosts and stuff. I'd like to see Luke back, of course, uh, but it would be really cool to be an adventure show where her and Finn go on an adventure to try and find Jedi students, um, people like them who were who were lone people who were taken from a, had a bad past. You know, Finn was a First Order, Ray was a Palpatine, but they ended up being something so much greater than that in such a better way that I hope I'd be cool to see them do that. We can see Finn do the Stormtrooper Rebellion. We can see Ray find more people like her. You know, uh, but with the billboard thing, it was just like it just started off as this joke and it just became this huge <laughs> to us. It was a phenomenon. Cause it's just like, we're actually doing this. It was going to be on this little small billboard in, in New York. And then we're like, I found the NASDAQ tower um, in times square. It's right in front of the ball. So it's the most populated, one of the most populated areas in the, in the world. 
Um, I know I got sidetracked there for a minute. <laughs> and so I, I saved up some money from extra cash and stuff. You know, I, people kept calling me rich and stuff. I was like, people were hating on it. I mean, pe- people, people said some awful things to me. It was irritating. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but I was like, guys, I'm, I'm making, I make like 12 bucks an hour. I mean, like I, I, I just saved up my money properly for this. And it was a very big passion project and it was a really great moment. It, it was really, really fun. And, and, and the, one of the best parts about it was the actual people that ran the companies and stuff to do the billboards. They, they were the reasons that happened. They made sure that happened. They are huge Star Wars fans. And they said when they got this video sent to them, they were like, you're going to what? <laughs> And so they worked with me to make this legal because originally it was just an actual picture of Ray. It was an actual Lucasfilm picture of Ray. They said, we really want this to happen. We cannot legally do this. They said, send us a drawing. If you can get a good drawing, do that because legally you can. Um, and, and so there was, it was kind of a, a t- it was a time bomb because like Star Wars, Star Wars day was like two days away. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have two days. And so I, I hit up one of my good friends and she did a really, really good job on this drawing. I said, thank you so much. And so we got it. And it was fun. It was a really fun experience. I, mean, I was up late making this thing. Uh, but that's kind of how it went to be. But mainly, mainly as, as a thing where it's like, look, Lucasfilm, there's a really, really good story that I think needs to be told, especially with the whole Jedi fan and stuff um, and these sequel heroes. So, yep. And that's what I, that's when I, I think I love Star Wars the most when it does the unusual and the unexpected. When I see yeah. things in Star Wars that really just catch me off guard, whether it be like a cameo, um, mm. like, I think most recently when they had, uh, well, you're caught up on the Bad Batch, right? I still haven't seen the last episode. I have so, not had Okay, time. <laughs> but you saw you saw the big villain. I'm up reveal. to date before that. Yeah, yeah. Ben. So, yeah. yeah. So when they showed Cad Bane in that show, I was, my jaw was on the ground for three hard. minutes straight. I was, I was blown away. Um, and it's just, it was so unexpected. I expected Boba Fett. I expected Fennec Shand. <laughs> I expected someone that was, a usual suspect. But right. then when they, they took you a curveball there and they threw in someone completely out of the ordinary, I, I was just so happy about that. And, and that's, I think, again, why I like shows like, um, or not shows, movies like The Last Jedi. There were so many unexpected curveballs, you know, and, and it, you mm-hmm. know, subverting your expectations all day you want, but. Uh, Giving you something you never know you wanted. Yeah, like, I mean, it was it was yeah. it was awesome. I, I was just sitting there, and I was just uh, the more I watched the movie, the more I'm like, that's so Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. is so much more than the flashing lights and the big battles. And, and yeah, you know, if you have a battle that if you have a battle that has no emotion behind it, what's the point? Right. Um, when you're talking about that, by far, besides the Holden maneuver, that was just that was breathtaking. Um, the moment that I was just like stunned and blown away was in episode nine, the rise of Skywalker, my favorite movie. I will never forget this because the theater I was at, it was the very first showing in like my entire County. Right. I, I, I was lucky. I remember I was waiting for the tickets to go on sale and right at the second they go on sale, just seats like bubble pop. They're all being taken. I clicked on them really quick and luckily I got them. That was, it was by far the most fun theater experience I've ever had. People cheered at least like 10 times. I'm not even joking. Like it was so fun. But the moment that you're talking about that, that made you jaw drop was one that I should have seen coming. That was so like, yeah, how could that not happen? Yet it still was like, what was whenever. And this is so well edited too, as someone who studies editing and, and, and does editing and stuff. This is like one of the most well edited scenes I've seen in a movie is when there's all this chaos going on at Exegol. Look at the exposition on Exegol in the end of Rise of Skywalker. Palpatine is threatening Rey for the family that 
that she's only known. You know, she finally got this family. He's like, I can, why I can obliterate these people. All right. But I need, I will stop. You know, he, he gives her a, if you help me, you know, you let my spirit pass through to you, which makes you wonder if, if whenever he tells Luke to slot strike Palpatine down and return the Jedi, it makes you wonder if he was going to do the same thing. Um, Everything from the music, the Sith chants, which, by the way, are in the Phantom Menace, which is a really cool detail, um, to, the, to the lighting. The lightning is just striking heavier than ever, all this flashing. It makes her heart pump. You know, he's like, the Jedi are dead. You know, oh, yeah. and she's about to do it. She's like, and then who comes in, right? You just, all the music, everything just slows down to this, this, this. I want to say it's a violin of, like, just a flat note. Right. And it's, Very like, modest. the most... Yeah, it's just the most calm moment I've ever seen in Star Wars, which is ironic in a good way because it's like you would think this this is the most panic moment ever became the most calm moment because, you know, her dyad is there and she's it's just so well shot how she's just like staring and it's just it slowly zooms in and then and then he's just sitting there and he just nods and I, at that moment I was like, what? Because he just got his ass beat by the Knights of Ren, right? He's bleeding. Right. He just got he just got his ass kicked, which I like. But then the dyad connects is what Chris Terrio said, which I would love to see Chris Terrio work more on Star Wars. He said, so the question was, they have this insane force connection. What would happen if it comes together? And as the novelization said, it, it talks about how like all this time, there's all this confusion and, and horrible things going on because of this connection. But this time it felt right. And I, it was right in front of my face when she just like. Takes a saber. Back. Yeah. It's just like, and the music stops. And, oh my gosh, I couldn't tell you how well edited that, edited that is. I mean, one of the best sequences I've seen in Star Wars. My the theater just erupted because That's it's Ben awesome. Solo. And he's just like, and then he just wipes those people out and stuff. And then she gets Leia's saber, you know, the twin sabers. Man, I... That, that's the moment to me that, that caught me off guard the most, but is one of the coolest scenes of the stars. I mean, and, and you're like, yeah, of course they had to do that. Yeah, right. You know, it's, yeah, and The Last Jedi, they, they're, they're uh, tran- transferring matter through the force, which makes sense. It's an energy field that connects everything, right? It makes sense. Um, so to see this connection finally come to full closure with, with Rey dying because the past Jedi gave their energy through the vessels, blah, 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 blah. She's able to withstand, pow- not even withstand him. She obliterates him. It's freaking awesome. Uh, and I love how that fight's so short. First, I hated it. Not hated it. At first, I was like, ah, it should have been longer. Now I'm like, no, that makes sense. You know, the past Jedi going through this evil menace. No, they're like, yeah, no, screw you. You don't stand a chance. Uh, but she dies. And then to see that dyad come full closure where, you know, I know what I have to do. I don't know if the strength to do it. He gives his entire life force up to save her because it's, it's his instinct. He's like, I can't let her stay this way. Um, finishing what his grandfather started, essentially, you could say. Yeah. That whole ending is literally perfect to me. Everyone says you should have seen the Force Ghost and whatnot. I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense canonically at all. There's no, that makes no sense. These well, Jedi half were of them, half of them wouldn't even be Force Ghosts. Uh, there'd be like four, three. Yeah, it'd be what? I it'd mean, be Anakin, Obi Wan, Yoda, Yoda, and Luke. Yeah. Well, and maybe Leia, but we didn't maybe see Leia. Leia at that point yeah. In the movie. But it's like this is, and the novelization confirms this. This is them. They're, and that that would be too OP. That would make. Why didn't they do that before? It's because this is a new thing that they've learned. Um, you know, strike me down, I'll become more powerful than blah, 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 blah. They were sending force energy, and this is canon, through the vessels and cosmic realms of the force. So when you talk about Star Wars is best when it does wild things, I'm like, yes. Yes. Because oh, that's yeah. something that maybe the old boomer generation, like, oh, what? That's so stupid. I'm like, no, that's awesome. Jedi, the Jedi and the force should evolve over time, right? Um, it should get stronger and grow more powerful with the light over time. And 
that's why I've come to grab. I was like, no, the force ghost should not have been there because you know, what is that? Just fan service. This is, this is a much more powerful moment. They're through the, through this cons, uh, cosmic realm. They're setting that energy through uh, using her as a vessel. And it's that whole ending is just perfect. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just such a, that, that movie is just so well shot and just the, everything, like every subtle thing, Beautiful. like you were talking about from the music to the lighting, to the sound, to you just talk about the acting. Holy cow. Oh, that, yeah. oh, by far best acted film I've seen in star Wars. Oh yeah. I, I've come, I'm like, there's every character is spot on with their acting specifically Daisy and Adam. I mean, any Absolutely. scene with them makes you like, you can feel that, you know, that raw emotion. So they props to them man. they, man but yeah cinematography it's freaking beautiful it's beautiful yeah i could go on about a million shots that you're just you just can look at it you're like wow Mm -hmm. get that thing framed you know yeah and i think um i think that just talking about you know the movies and it's just so fun to talk with other star wars fans Mm -hmm. about how much you enjoy something rather than what you dislike about star wars because the the running joke is star wars fans are the best at hating star wars no one hates star wars more than star Star wars Wars fans fans. but my argument is then you're not a fan because a fan can overlook the things they don't like and they can just enjoy the things that they like about star Mm -hmm. wars so i think that it's it's interesting uh, well, I'm not trying to gatekeep or anything, but I really think like you should question if you call yourself a Star Wars fan, if you're constantly only focusing on what you hate in Star Wars rather than what you enjoy. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's it's a very odd. Uh, I mean, this is just a culture that you know, me and you, I think, are around the same age. This is this is an ongoing thing and trend that I've noticed since I mean, I was in probably high school. Where it's like it's very, oh, yeah. it's very trendy to, to hate on new stuff and think that the old are absolute perfect masterpieces. I mean, it's it's ironic in a sense. You know, look at the crap that the prequel fans and and prequel actors and I mean, can we talk about George freaking Lucas? Look at the stuff they got and harassment they got. Uh, Ahmed Best became suicidal because of it. Now let's look at. 10 to 15 years later, a lot of those same fans of the prequels are now treating a lot of them. And don't tell me it's a small minority. There's a lot of them. You go to any Star Wars post that has anything to do with Rey, anything to do with any, I'd say female character, really, Rose or whatever, or uh, uh, Zori Bliss or any of that. It's just insanity. Mary Sue, forced diversity. It's insane. Then you go to the person's accounts or social media accounts. I mean, I saw some awful things on Daisy Ridley's account. Uh, when she had her Instagram and she and, got her rid stuff. of hers before the Last Jedi came out, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, and she after it was before. Um, it no, was maybe Kelly right Marie after. Tran was after the Last Jedi. No, it was, was before that movie even came out. She talked about uh, she ended up get, getting like therapy and stuff. I can't. I need to find the clip and stuff. She genuinely got therapy because it's like, and then the and those same people are like, you need to just grow up and you need to stop letting. It's like you you guys you have the worst mindset. I'm sorry if that's what you take from it. Not hey, let's stop treating these people like complete crap. Um, and it's it's just insane to see that. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy is the new George Lucas, right? I mean, look at the crap she's getting. No, I have not seen one person who hates Kathleen Kennedy actually know what her job is. And I've talked to plenty of people who actually are, are, are doing college or actually have worked on films. They're like, these people have zero understanding of what her job is as president of Lucasfilm, and it shows. Um, and so it's it's just very sad, honestly. It's very sad, and it um, it's embarrassing. 
as it, yeah, absolutely. Star, it's embarrassing. It, it's it's actually embarrassing. And when people ask, "Oh, you're a Star Wars fan?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, like you know, I don't because I mean, there's just so many of them. I mean, the, could talk yeah. about the fandom menace all day long. I don't want to do that. Um, it's sad. It's very sad to see it go this route. But but I that's mean, the it, other thing too yeah. is is uh, that's the internet. You know, the social media mm-hmm. is just such an echo chamber. Yeah. And the, the way that, you know, one class that I took, I think it was my freshman year of college. Um, I did a class where we talked about like algorithms and social media mm-hmm. and how algorithms are geared towards giving you more of what you, you like and agree with and less and less of what you disagree with. Mm-hmm. And so kids are growing up now in, in, a, in a culture where it's just an echo chamber of all of these course. things that they agree yeah. with. And then at that point, it's just team building. So then if you get someone to be on your team about something and you convince them that people that believe otherwise are the enemy, you know, then it's, it's just, you actually want to destroy the enemy. And it's just blows my mind that we do that about space movies, because there'll be people that go like, go at me on, on social media or like, you know, like go, Oh, you like the sequels, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, dude, it's movies about space wizards. If you don't like them and I like them, yeah. that's okay. Like, I'm not going to get upset about it. I don't care if you like if this like or dislike the sequels. I love, love having good conversations. Um, I find it rare, though. I mean, I post a picture of Ray, and there's always just all this hate. I mean, I couldn't tell you the amount of, in, like, absolute insane, bizarre messages. People telling me to kill myself. People telling me just off people threatening me and stuff. Literally because I like these movies. It's It's insane. Um, it's, it's laughable, honestly. Like, it is. Just, it doesn't bother me. It, it yeah. used to, but it doesn't anymore because I'm like, why? Like, clearly these people aren't in the right mindset. Why would I care about what they think? They're strangers on the internet. You know, that's what it yeah. comes down. That's what it boils down to. If you're not in right. my community and you're not like, I don't interact with you on a regular basis, then and you're a shill. Yeah, I just don't care about your opinion. I like, physically like cannot be a shill. I don't get paid by Disney. Like <laughs> I wish I did. No, I'm kidding. I, I know. I'm like, shoot. I always say, like, if they want to hire me, I'm shoot. I'd love to work on anything. Yeah, right. Uh, it's 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 shameful, but I will say there is there is such a large group of people who are like who are going back against this, who are like, enough's enough. Yeah. Um, and it's really great. But then you have those decently sized channels and stuff who do get tons of views based on lazy content. Um, misinformation. Misinformation. Oh my gosh. Yeah blatant misinformation um who scream in a microphone because a woman was casted in a star wars movie or high republic i mean you're talking about the high republic it's it's never ending but that's the other thing is that phony outrage that's what gets views that's what yeah gets they know what they're place. doing they know exactly mm-hmm. what they're doing they're making they money off it and yeah. i mean i'm not trying to you know be on well, their power side, to you yeah good for them you know like you're yes, making yeah. money off of phony outrage my problem is lazy content yeah when you're when you're that lazy to actually do good research to actually make good content, um, and it's literally just outrage culture, I, I could I could do the same. I could get a microphone, I could get a camera, I could make up fake news based on nothing. Can we talk about the freaking Boba Fett ship situation? Holy cow, um, <laughs> that, that was insane. That's a new that's a new low. Um, and you can make an outrage out of it, and you can make views because again, we kind of live in this culture where it's very very popular. That because it's, it's nostalgia, okay? It's yes, all nostalgia. This has been proven by. Uh, a lot of people who have studied this actual scientists and stuff it's all nostalgic you know it's very easy to say what i grew up on is absolutely perfect because nostalgia is a drug it, it, it literally is a chemical reaction it's interesting um 
And so we're all nostalgic by this. And all remember is good because when you're a kid, everything's good to you. When you're a kid, everything's good, essentially. Like you love virtually everything, um, especially action films. Okay. <laughs> um, so when you grow up, it's, it's very fond memories. And, and, and when something new comes out and it might be a little bit different, you be like, what? this isn't what I liked. So it's interesting stuff. Yeah. But uh, you know, so you had mentioned um, going, uh, you talked about Lucasfilm and, you know, we were talking about getting paid by Lucasfilm. <laughs> so um, one last thing that I want to hit on here is um, you applied to Lucasfilm. I believe you last time we spoke, you said four times. Correct? I think it's four. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you did get into Lucasfilm, um, what would be your, your dream position within that company? Yeah. Anything to do with the story group. Um, I mean, obviously I'd love one of my dreams is to be like a director or a writer for a film and stuff. That'd be really, really cool. Uh, but the story group I think would be my best posi- position. Cause like not trying to hype myself up, but I think I have a lot of really good ideas and stuff. And obviously I have a lot of care for Star Wars and stuff that there's a lot of directions. I think it could benefit from going with. Um, plus I think that's the, I think I, I just, the best spot I'd fit in. I mean, shoot, I think I'd work well with those people and, and obviously, like having that, not power, but having that creative ability to influence what's in these films and shows and whatever comes future, would be a really, really cool idea. Uh, really cool stuff. And yeah, it's one of my dream jobs. Awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, we appreciate you coming on the channel that, I mean, not once, but twice now. It's all good. I enjoy, hey, we have, we had new, a lot of new conversations today. We did, yeah. yeah this was, I was new, really, yeah. I was worried going into this. That we I know, I'd be like the same thing. It was going to be okay. just like a lot less organic, but this turned into a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, not just about the sequels, but, but just about Star Wars in general. And I think right. that's what we as a community of Star Wars fans need to kind of come back to is just let's, and I, and you know, I hate to, quote rose tico but you know stop fighting what we hate but saving what we love you know and and with star wars i think it's so expansive and there's so much to it you know Mm -hmm. and there's it it's so deep you know know, there's not a lot of sci-fi and a lot of like fantasy out there that really just is as deep and as there's so many layers to peel back as star wars Mm -hmm. has and so I think that it's awesome that, you know, we get to have conversations like this uh, right. as, as content creators to each other, because, you know, that that's something that, you know, can hopefully, you know, change the way people look at Star Wars in their day-to-day lives, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's not about trying to say they're wrong for liking or dislike. It's just, it's yeah. being an open-minded person. I mean, I've seen every complaint in the book for the sequels. And like, I guess what? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like, I still love these movies because I like I love the story I like I love the characters I love the arcs and the themes and specifically the messages it teaches us um, I think that's the best part about it um, and I think look I think it's pretty powerful to conclude the Skywalker saga with a Palpatine being granted the blessing of the two Skywalkers um, get saying hey like like she's burying the twin sabers and stuff she's like this is the end of my journey with at, with these people with but then they they came to her they're like oh no 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 <laughs> You're one of us and you yeah, deserve right. to be, you, you, you have, you have earned this um, and you need this too. Not only have you earned it, you need this personally and mentally. And um, there's so much confidence in that. And I've taught actually before I end this, it's, it's really, it's, it baffles me how many people hate on that Ray Skywalker theme. And it's always the same people who claim that she has no arc or development. I'm like, then you weren't paying attention. Like it's very clearly like from the very beginning from Maz Kanata telling her the belonging you seek is not behind you. It's ahead. 
very clearly laid out. And then the mirror scene and stuff, she's the one who chooses her destiny, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I've talked to people who were like actually adopted. Uh, one of my good friends, The Sea, who was the actual creator of the billboard. He made the animations and stuff. No kidding. Um, I, I did a lot of the I did a lot of the fine details of it, color balancing, all that stuff, you know. But he made the overall animation. Really cool guy. I love this guy. We're gonna I'm gonna get him on a video about a very deep topic that we we need to talk about. Um, that probably won't be for a while. Anyways, uh, he's adopted. <laughs> he's playing he has, the videos on the on the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's not the biggest fan of the sequels, but he appreciates them for what they are. And he says that it made him cry like like a baby. I mean, this man's like 28 years old because he's actually, I think 28, he's actually adopted, right? His father was a horrible person. Hasn't given details. I mean, his father was a horrible person and threw him away like garbage. And he said, seeing Ray go through that same thing and seeing it come out in such a powerful way, he said it made him cry. He said it, it's just like he lost it. And so it's such a hopeful ending that, I will think I think I will always appreciate it. And it, again, it baffles me that so many Star Wars fans not only miss the point of it, but miss the buildup to it and the the conclusion and what it means for this saga. Uh, it's amazing. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, thank you so much for yeah. coming on twice. And uh, thank you so much. We'd love <laughs> to have you on sometime again. Of course. And, yeah. And yeah. So uh, everybody come out. I'm going to share my screen right here. And uh, this is Palpa Memes YouTube channel here. So this is his channel right here on YouTube, Palpa Memes Star Wars. Yes, sir. And then his older channel is still up as well. What was that? That was just called Palpa Memes? I think it's just Palpa oh, here Memes. It is. Yeah. Palpa oh, yeah. Okay, I see you. Yeah. There Look it is right 10 there. 10 months ago. Holy cow. I know. Wow. So you can see I was trying to do Star Wars videos. Some of them did okay, but it wasn't, you know. Yeah. Oh, man. So, you know, give him some love. You know, go check him out. And, uh, and yeah, so... Thanks again for coming on the coming on the stream here and and we'll see you around. Yeah, lots of good conversation. Thanks for having me on. Anytime just let me know. All right. Awesome.